0: Tov, Shalom Alechem, all of you listeners of this great station that beams only the Torah, the Vre Musa, the Vre Halacha, and religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. We're going to talk about Parashat Bayetse. Yaakov Avinu, after receiving the Beracha from his father, Ishak Avinu, he was told by both his father and mother to run away to Haran. That was the place of birth of Rivka Imenu in order to find a bride for himself. Okay, so he ran away. He was also scared from his brother Esav because Esav has promised that he was going to kill him. Esav was an expert hunter, a warrior. A man that doesn't think much about killing, murdering. So he left. Yaakov Avinu, like his father Isaac Avinu, was supposed to go to Haran to find the bride. But there are two things that Yaakov Avinu did before he reached Hanan. Listen, the first thing is, you look at Rashi it brings a Midrash that says that Yaakov Avinu was 63 years old when he left his parents. And when he actually reached Haran, Rashi brings a Midrash where it goes through some arithmetic derivations and it shows that he was 77 years old when he actually reached Haran. Which means there is 14 years difference between the time he left Be'er Sheva, where his parents were, and he reached Haran, the 14 years difference. What happened to those 14 years? The Torah does not tell us what happened. But the Midrash says that he went into hiding in the Yeshiva of Shem Va'eva. He was learning Torah for those 14 years. Some comment, commentators, Mifarshim, they say that being that he was going to go to Lavan, who was a, a crooked person, who was Obed Awad it's going to be by him all the time. He figured one way to uh, reinforce, reinvigorate his spiritual status was to go to learn Torah. This way he'll be able to face him. He'll be able to actually meet him in a way where he's not going to crack. So we see from here that now he was going to look for a bride. He went and learned Torah. The second thing we see is the following. When he finally reached Haran, it was nighttime. And he took several stones, laid them around in order to sleep. According to Rabbi Huda in Midrash Rabbah, he took 12 stones. And he said, like this My grandfather. Avram Avinu Shalom, he did not have the 12 Shabbatim. My father is Hakavinu, he did not have the 12 Shabbatim either. Then he said, if these 12 stones will fuse together and become one stone, then I will know that I will be Zoche to have the 12 Shabbatim." And so it happened. It says at the end, He only took one stone because originally it was 12. Oh, 12. And become all one, diffused. So now he knows he's going to have 12 children. So we see here there's Torah and there's children. What is the connection? Well, very simple. Let's look. What is the first mitzvah that the Torah tells us? Peru urbu. A person should get married in order to have children. That is the first mitzvah. What is the last mitzvah the Torah tells us? To write a sefer Torah. Writing a sefer Torah in order to learn. Learn Torah. So we, we see here we have a mitzvah of having children and a mitzvah of Torah. And they are like end to end. This is telling us one thing. If you're going to have children, then you have to teach them Torah. You have an obligation to teach them Torah. There is nothing like teaching a child when he's young. What a child learns at an early age will stay with him forever. It will stick into his mind. He will not forget it. In fact, there is a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. It says, One who learns as a child. What could be compared to? To ink. That's written on a nice new piece of paper. That ink, when you write on a new piece of paper, it will stay there, it'll be crisp, easy to read, and will stay there. On the other hand, a person who learns when he is much older, to what can we compare it? To ink that is written on a paper that had been erased before. So when you actually narrate on something that's been erased, it becomes a metushtash. It's all spotty and the ink starts leaking and you can't really read it properly. That's what happens in the mind of the person. A child is like the new piece of paper. It's crisp it stays there it's clear when a person is already elderly although he 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 gets the information but it doesn't retain it as well you know they uh, it, it says also like rabbi yoshua Rabbi Ushua rabbi yoshua atana and the uh, in in uh, again in pirkei Abud, it says that Ashri Yolato meaning fortunate is the mother that gave birth to him. Why the mother? And if you look at Rabbi Ovadia bar he says that his mother used to take him as a baby to Rabbeit Midrash in order to listen. Listen to the words of the Torah, even though he was a baby. You never know. He, 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 just to be Colette, to to, to get to, to, to bring in those sounds, even though as a baby he can't understand them. But still, it's important. And certainly at a young age, it's extremely important to teach a child. I don't know how many of you remember a great, great Talmud Hakam, great sage and also, of course, Bit Tzorchit Sibur, his name was Rabbi Ezer Silva, Gaon Adir, passed away around around 50 years ago. Rabbi Ezer Silver, after the war, he heard that in a certain convent there were Jewish children that he took in. And they took him in, of course, in a convent, you know, they made him like Goyim. So what he do? He went there. He went there. And he speaks to the head of the convent. He says, look, uh, I know there are Jewish children here. We would like to take him back. And he says, no, we we don't have any Jewish children here. No, no, we, we we only have Christian kids, no Jewish children here. So he says to him, Abbaezer says to him, "Okay, I would like to visit them. I want to see them. It was the night, and they were in the dorm. I want to go and see them. So no problem. You go see for yourself. He goes in, and he looks at them. Then he starts singing Shema Israel as the Ashkenazim do. They teach their kids." Shema Israel, And then a whole bunch of kids went with him. Hashem Hashem Echad. So he turns to the priest, and says, these are all our kids. They remember. They remember in this pasuk that he you teaches children, when you teach something to a child never forgets. It stays there. He said, these are our children, and we're taking them. And he took them. So another thing i like to mention, uh, the fact that this uh, radio station here is beaming the Vretorin and beaming also religious music, I think it's a very good idea for your children to listen to it. It doesn't matter how old they are. Once they listen to it, it will stay there. And they will remember it later on. Very important. I would like to bring up a true story. And I'm bringing this up because it had to do somewhat, the chief rabbi of France somewhat was involved, and even Hakam Abadei Yosef, was somewhat involved in this. This has to do with a couple, just before the war, World War II, a Polish couple moved to France and they had a child. They named the child Aharon. And the, uh, uh, the last name was Lustiger. Ashkenazic name. This was before the war. During the war, uh, the mother was sent to gas chambers and she, she, she of course she, she was killed. The father couldn't handle kill on his own, so he sent him down below, make sure he doesn't get uh, killed to the south of France. He sent him to a Catholic uh, place in order, you know, till, till after the war. But what happened, unfortunately, those people, the hosts, they, uh, they made him a goy. They converted him. They converted him, and then he actually went to one of these uh, Catholic uh, uh, schools where they learned to become priests. Whatever, he became a priest. He was so successful that he grew. He, he went, you know, he went up the line, up the ladder, and then he became a bishop. Again, and he became an archbishop, and finally he became a cardinal a you know, cardinal is that's like like one step below the pope himself big thing but he never forgot what he was taught as a child he never forgot that he was jewish and in the year 2007 when he saw the end is near he called rabbi sitruk at the time he was a chief rabbi of france He called him in. And he asked him. He said, please. As soon as he dies. He wants him to bring in. Ten Jews. Take his coffin. To the side. Say Tehillim. And Kaddish for him. Of course uh, Rabbi Sitruk. Was taken aback. I mean he was stunned. With a revelation. But he didn't know. Uh, he know what to do himself. So he went to uh, Hakam Waday Yosef. He said, what should I do in this case? Shall I really do what he wants? And the story goes when Hakam Waday Yosef heard that, that tears came out of his eyes. And he said, you know, Israel shehata Israelhu. Doesn't matter. Once a Jew, always a Jew. He says, "You do, you do what he says." And they went ahead, and they actually took his coffin. They said Kaddish. Even the president of France at the time, Sarkozy, was there. Who's there? He came in, you know, dealt with it. But they had ten israelim Kesherim. and they met Kaddish for him. So rabotai, how far this guy went, all the way up to the top but he did not forget what he was told as a child. That very seldom people forget. This is why it's so important. While you, when you, your child is still young, the earlier, the better to teach them. Teach them whatever they can learn at the time. Little by little, but somehow teach them the Torah, and give them also, give them our hashkafot. Tell them, what can, you know, we are Jews, we are a special nation, we are Kadosh. we have to teach them these things, while they're still young. Very important. There's something else that I want to mention. Uh, this is one lesson we learned from Yaakov Avinu, which is to uh, Torah and the children that go together. Another thing is interesting thing. Yaakov Avinu says, Yaakov makes a vow. He says, If a Hu is with me, Ushmanani and his watches over me, and Natanli lehem to give me bread to eat, and clothing to wear el and I come back safe and sound to my father's home. then I will know that the is with me. And then he says, okay. So what? So, so what happens then? this stone that i put here as a This is going to be the place where the Beit Hamikdash will be. Behold, whatever you give me, I'm going to give a tithe in 10%. It looks like Yaakov uh, is making a deal. Making a deal with Hashem. Is that okay? Yes. We can make a deal. A person can make a deal with a Baruch. What's Pshat? Like a banker, there's a famous banker who had a son. That was very sick, very sick. He went to various different doctors, and did nothing, nobody could help. Well, nobody helps. Finally, his wife says to him, "You know what? There is a rabbi that people say with he makes he prays, and a kadosh listens." This, of course, was in Germany. And he goes to the rabbi, and the rabbi says to him. What is your profession? I'm a banker. Are you open on Shabbat? Yes, I'm open on Shabbat. So I say, listen. I don't want your money. I don't want anything. Here's what I want. If you promise that you're going to be Shomer Shabbat and close your banks on Shabbat, then with that zikhot, I will pray for you. And Be'ezat Hashem, your son will recover. So I say, how can I close on Shabbat? If I close my bank on Shabbat, everybody's going to go to the other banks, and then, 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 then uh, I'm going to lose everything. The Rabbi says to him, "Shabbat is Shabbat. The the uh, uh, whatever parnasah for a person comes from a baruch Hu. It doesn't come from the fact that you're opening on Shabbat. You open, you close on Shabbat. You will see you're not going to lose anything. You won't lose. But if you do close on Shabbat, then it's okay. And it's making a deal with him. Making a deal. That's right. Make a deal. You don't have to make a deal. And that's exactly what happened. He closed. And slowly and slowly the child became... Better and better until he recovered completely. Yes, we can make a vow, we can make a nether to improve ourselves. Sure. You can make a nether that, let's say, you'll be matzliach in a certain esek or something, and if you do, you're going to give $10,000 to your Yuri Yeshiva or to your Bet Knesset or something. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do it. And I'm going to conclude. What a beautiful story. It's unfortunate that such thing happened. But you see how uh, how certain things uh, uh, even a Rebbe can make a deal with This story is brought up, I believe, in one of the books of Rabbi Frond. And this had to do with the they call Sadegarer Rebbe. This was, was just in just before the war 1938 and at that time uh, it, all of a sudden these young teenagers in mashimma Nazis they went ahead and they ransacked all kinds of uh, uh, of homes Jewish homes and they took the most prominent people and made bizion out of them they vilified them this Rebbe was one of them. But let me first fast forward another 20 years and I come back to this. This Rebbe had a, a, shtiebel, a nice, nice big shul in Yerushalayim. So a, a wealthy American was about to go to that shul and he noticed that the person that was sweeping the streets, he would come and he would sweep the street at the beginning of the block. When he got to the sidewalk of the Rabbi Shul, he would skip it, and he'll continue sweeping afterwards. So this wealthy American. He got, he got in and he says, This is an insult, an insult to, to the rabbi. Well, how can he do something like that? Why skip it? So he went over to So, what are you doing? Why are you skipping here? So he says to him, Harav lo noten reshut. The rabbi does not give me permission to sweep that area where the shul is. This American cannot understand. What do you mean, Arab not in the Harshut? That's what it is. He goes to the Rebbe. Ask the Rebbe. Is this true? You, know, you, don't, you don't give him permission to to sweep the, the sidewalk outside of your shoe? First, he didn't want to answer him. But finally, he said, listen, it was the one night with his in Mahshima, these Nazis came, and ransacked all the homes. They took me with other many other prominent people. You know, you know, rabbis You know, they wear nice, beautiful, like royal-looking uh, uh, robes and, and beautiful hats. You know, and so on. They took everything off him. They made him wear street, uh, uh, uh the street sweepers, uh, clothing and they gave him like that kind of a uh, cap that the the street sweepers wear. They gave him a small tiny brush, and they told him, they took him to the Vienna Opera House, which had huge stairs, big, a lot of stairs and huge, and they told him with this brush, we want you to sweep all these stairs. At that moment, he said, If he gets out of this horrible life that he had, he will be sweeping the streets of Yerushalayim. Yes, that's what he did. He himself will go ahead and sweep the sidewalks of his own shul. That was the deal he made we can make deals, but only for the purpose of improving ourselves, or giving sedaka, doing things. Right? And you can say, if one member of the family is sick, if HaKadosh will have Rahmanut and cure that particular member of the family, that you will he will do this and this and that. You're going to be more Shomer Shabbat. You're more Shomer Kashrut. Improve yourself spiritually. Or give some kind of terumat, a very good course to Yeshiva for learning. For Bet Knesset, for Tefilot. That is acceptable to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Amen. a bore. We do things like that. Akadosh Baruch will bring us our Mashiach. Amen. Please, I want, again, Remind you, but great work this station is doing. Try to help as much as you can. And uh, you know, we have a, a newly renovated social hall downstairs in our shul SLC, Avenue 10 East 8th. And if you have any simha, please contact us. I'm sure we'll be able to accommodate you. Shavu'atov.